Streets and Scholars, Alex Alonso and FG, here to bring you guys another banger, and I'm here with the Eastside General, FG, what's going on with you, man? Man, what's popping with it, Alex? How your morning going? Oh, everything's going good over here, and uh, just going over a few topics for the people, man. Uh, so how's uh, how's the family? How's work? How's everybody treating you right now? Oh, man, you know, man, I feel like Rodney Dangerfield sometimes, man. You know what I mean? I just get no respect, but <laughs> you know how it is, man, trying to get my daughter off, my last kid off to college, man. So, you know, um, she's trying to narrow it down with these last few. So this will be the last one, man, last prom, last graduation, you know. Hey, man, shit, it's moving, moving fast, too. So the last one is uh, how old, 17? 17, 17, 17, yeah. So, um, yep. So, yeah, we got uh, my son's 17, so we got uh, same age, senior, mm-hmm. right? Yep, senior, yep. So, you know, we're trying to do all that. You know, I got prom in two weeks and, and uh, you know, uh, get, like I say, getting ready to get, get getting together, the college dorm items that they need and, you know, all those things, man. You know, uh, my wife do a good job in making sure they got all the shit they need, man, because I'll be, I be at work, you know what I mean? So. So you're getting no respect over there like Rodney Dangerfield, huh? Man, you know, it just no, it, it it's just family shit. When you got a lot of kids, man, you know, they know how to sock it to your pockets. But at the same time, man, I'm blessed to have them all, to be honest with you. I tell you, I tell you. I met this girl one day. She told me come, <laughs> she she told me, come on over. So I went over there. She said she said she told she told me, come on over. There's nobody home. And I went over there and there was nobody home. I'm right, right, you, right, no right. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know who we talking about yet. I don't even know who we talk. I'll be forgetting about that, man. You know, we say things that, like you say, they, they don't even understand and shit. I think I might have told you this before. I was at the studio with Glasses Malone and uh, Ice-T, uh-huh. and, and I had my son with me. I don't remember which one was with me. One of my sons was with me, and, and my son could see that whoever this Ice-T guy is, he's a big deal because everybody yeah, was yeah, around yeah. him. So my pop said, who is that? <laughs> I said, that's Ice-T. So he went on Instagram and looked him up and was like, oh, wow, he got a million followers. I was like, yeah, Ice-T is a legendary rapper in this West Coast history. Didn't mm-hmm. didn't have a clue who that guy was. Right, like, right, right, right. No doubt. No uh, doubt. Then, um, let's, um, let's start off here. Man, we got a few topics. In fact, I want to um, let the people know what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we, we're gonna we're gonna tap back in with the BTB Savage story because we saw this little video about a guy that's pretty close to the story, and he he dropped a couple controversial gems that we're gonna respond to, and then um, there's this video of a school teacher, a sister that got put hands on a student over her cell phone use, and uh, that video is going viral right now, and everybody's trying to figure out was the teacher right for putting hands on her? Right, right. And we'll talk about that. And of course, uh, the 84 year old man over there in Kansas City, Kansas, I believe it was Kansas City, Missouri, um, that shot uh, Ralph Yari, shot him because he knocked on the door or pressed the doorbell. And he's facing some charges right now. And we're going to give a little Sean Quella Robinson update. That's the young lady that got killed in Mexico. After right, she was right. visiting with her friends uh, after one of her friends put hands on her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but before we get into all of that, uh, I had to respond to uh, Reggie Wright Jr. because uh, I guess he tapped in with Streets and Scholars uh, last episode. Uh, that would have been, uh, let's see, that would have been what episode was that, 59? 
59. I believe that was episode 59 where I just basically um, talked about being responsible on this internet, speaking responsible on this social media, especially from the street perspective, because, you know, they get to over there, they get to talking about murders. <laughs> they get to t- finger pointing on who did what. And, um, and I noticed that he, he kind of slowed up a little bit on it because uh, he, I guess he had no idea. Never, no one thought that certain people were going to come home. But um, that's all I was trying to do was uh, just say we need to speak more responsible about about the way the, um, about the topics that we talk about. And let me just um, let me just show you what um, I'm not going to play the video, but I, I do want to show you the title that Reggie Wright put on this video. Um, let's see here. He, he actually has a video where he titled it. Why Street TV and other YouTubers use Reggie Wright, Reggie Wright's name for views. <laughs> and in that episode uh, that we did last week, I never mentioned his name at all. I never even said Reggie Wright. I never said bomb first. I just said, hey, we got to be more responsible about talking about these things. Um, because, you know, he went on Vlad TV and said people uh, was responsible for killing people. Uh, and his boy Mob James went on Vlad TV talking about people were responsible for killing people. And I think they're getting so comfortable over there talking about things like that because we've all spoke about the Tupac situation. We've all spoke about the uh, Biggie situation because um, the alleged shooters in those cases are deceased. Mm-hmm. But uh, people aren't the, – the alleged shooters in other cases aren't deceased, and I think we should just cease from talking about things like that so publicly, man. That's that's all I was trying to say, and then Reggie had to clap back to him about we talking about him for views, and I never even mentioned bro's name. Yeah, but you got to look at it in two ways, though, Alex. You know what I mean? If I wasn't um, – say if I was just a listener – you know what I mean? I would have figured you was talking about, it. you know, just based on if I watch both of y'all channels or I'm subscribed to both of y'all channel, I would have figured the same thing, just to be honest with you. So you but you didn't say his name, but he did have a point, you know. Um, but I do want to point out as far as, you know, um, you or me or anybody else, like you say, we talk our shit and we say uh, what we would like to happen on, say, these social media platforms and things of this nature. But you really got to respect that. The next man channel is the next man channel, man, you know, and and what they say on a channel, what they do on a channel, you know, at the end of the day, we shouldn't even care or we shouldn't even give a fuck. Even if it bothered, your, you know, you, me or anybody else in some kind of way, it's their channel, bro. And, and, and they're going to talk their shit on their channel just like we talk our shit on ours, you know, so. Um, but 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 in all honesty, I would have thought you was, you know, but I know y'all partners, though, so I didn't take it as, you know, disrespect. I mean, I didn't take it like, you know what I mean? You know, you know, I know y'all partners. So, you know, I looked at it like a, a friendly, you know, camaraderie and shit. We going to talk our shit, you know, and uh, move on. But uh, you know how this YouTube shit go, man. Yeah, but I don't think I talk a whole lot of shit when I'm on here. I'm just here to, uh, you know, discuss a couple of topics. Oh, you talk some shit, bro. You know, you do it, you know. <laughs> you do it smooth and shit, but you slide that shit up in there, man, and we catch it, you know what I mean? You know, you you to with it, you know, but but like I say, you know, it's all fun and, and games long as we doing what we supposed to be doing here on Streets and Scholars. What you go on street TV, I'm never going to call you and say, Alex, why you say that on street TV, man? Why you, you know, um, 
I, I'm not going to do that, bro, because that's your challenge. You know what I mean? You know, and that's just how how, how the real is, bro. But I, I think uh, <laughs> he did hit you, say you, you use his name for views, and then guess what? You know, he just used his name. So, you know what I mean? You know, you might clap back again if that fell for all. That's, you know. It's all good. It's all yeah, good. Yeah. Um, but I did I did hear him say that the reason why he ain't speaking on other, certain people is because they reached out and basically just asked him, hey, can you stop talking about it? And he's respecting that. But I think at the same time, um, BJ from Bounty Hunter, Harry O, <laughs> and uh, Bosco from Queen Street, which he, he um, alleges that they're all snitches, um, I'm sure he doesn't want, they don't want him talking about him. So we'll see. But I can tell you right now, BJ from Bounty Hunter, I have no no information that he ever took the stand in that in that Hawkins case of 1984, as Reggie Wright stated in um, in his in this video. Uh, we got the picture of the video up for those that are just listening to us on the podcast platforms um, with the title Y Street TV um, uh, mentions mentions uh, Reggie Wright. So we ha- we have an image of that up, but um, BJ, I-, I have no information that BJ ever took the stand, and I think Reggie Wright is c- completely inaccurate in that. Um, he didn't produce any paperwork or any proof or any receipts that BJ did do that. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, BJ never told on that case. And we got we talked about Bosco in a previous episode of Streets and Scholars, and I think we gave him a pass because bro was like 10, 11, or 12 years old when his mother took him down there to say what he had saw when uh, regarding a shooting. So I don't know why he's calling Bosco a snitch when bro was like a, a kid when that happened. And um, regarding Harry O, he's the only one on the internet calling Harry O a snitch, and he has never produced uh, any paperwork, any documents that support that. So again, Reggie, um, hey, when we spoke about Mob James, man, we got we have voluminous information that includes all kind of different formats from paper to photos. So I think that Reggie Wright got to do his homework if he's going to uh, make these allegations, man. Do you remember when we spoke about Bosco in one of our previous episodes? No, no doubt. But you really got to understand, Alex, and take into consideration. There was a lot of people that felt Bosco was wrong in that situation. You know me, I blamed his mom. You know what I mean? That's the route I took. I blamed his mom because my mom would have never let me go down there and talk to the police at all. Um, So, you know, you did have mixed views on that. You did have people to say, you know, if that's how they felt, he told, you know, they can say that. You know, I took into the accountability of how young he was and his mom, you know, pressed him to do it. You know, that's why pretty much I, you know, you know, gave him a pass on that one. You know, he was was a young kid. Um, As far as the other names that you name, and I don't know anything personally about, you know, either one of the guys. So, um, but don't forget, man, Reggie be knowing a lot of shit, Alex, you know what I mean? So for, 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 for him to say the things that he say, I believe that in, in, in maybe he have something or maybe he knows something. I can't say what he know or don't know, you know, um, it did make my ears prick up when I heard him say that, but, uh, but at the, but, uh, but at the same time, you know, um, you know, we can't say what the next man know, um, because shit, we know some shit. You know, we know some motherfuckers that's a, a suspect. You know, and uh, and and 
and we could talk about them. You know, we shit here all the time and insinuate the dude might have snitched or might have told, you know, uh, Reggie may feel the same way when it comes to these other dudes. And I, I, I just can't knock him on now if he knows something that we don't. I don't know nothing about those dudes cases or nothing like that. But at the same time, he, he spoke that shit publicly. He didn't hide. He didn't he didn't whisper it to somebody to, you know, uh, 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 run and go tell him. He said that shit publicly. So, you know, like I say, uh, he stood on that. Maybe he knows something we don't know, Alex. Well, um, if he knows something we don't know, uh, he would have rushed to show it. Because I remember when we were doing the Gangster Chronicles, uh, he wanted to call Snoop Dogg a snitch for telling about something that happened when he was with Daz Dillinger. So he brought the police report, you know, regarding some when he got arrested for being in possession of weed. At the same time, he was trying to tell about something so usually Reggie Wright is good at bringing receipts. I remember when he was um, talking about the fake dude from Rolling 60s that had a YouTube channel. I forgot his name. Mm-hmm. But uh, Reggie got in touch with the dude's brother. The brother came and said, yeah, <laughs> the dude is fake. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I could tell you this. Reggie doesn't believe that BJ was at the bathroom during the Suge Knight incident when they were filming the video Cracking for OFTB. And I know for a fact BJ was there. I know mm-hmm. that for a fact BJ was there. So why Reggie would say BJ wasn't there, I don't know. And why Reggie would say BJ actually took the stand when he didn't, I don't know. But, um, you know, that's that's a couple of things that I think he's mistaken on. And um, what we, can, we can move on from that to, uh, to, the next, to the next topic, unless you got any last words. No, 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 no. We can move on. Okay. Um, well... Unfortunately, nobody is going to get arrested, at least from the United States, um, regarding Sean Quella Robinson. Um, I don't I don't know if anyone was really expecting someone from the United States to arrest any of those four, four or five people that were involved. Uh, was you expecting to see any arrest on the U.S. Hell, side? You know, man, hell yeah, I was. You know, I expected the one girl. I knew her name uh, vividly, you know, a few weeks ago. You know, we go over so much content that I forgot her name. But the one girl who was the suspect, I was expecting her to be arrested, you know, uh, extradited, you know, and tried. You know, um, what kind of uh, time... Had she not been found guilty over there, I could have respected that, you know, but they didn't even put the effort in, bro, to, you know, uh, arrest these people, take them in, you know, question them, you know, um, and 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 get a case out of this. You know, this girl was brutally beaten and, you know, savagely beaten. And if she was trying to fight back or they were just squabbing and she happened to die, that's one thing. I respect that all day long, man, but I don't like bullies. You know, I don't like a motherfucker who, you know, I'm not going to just keep beating up a motherfucker. You know, that's just me. I'm, I might be nice as a motherfucker now, but I ain't finna just keep beating up a motherfucker that ain't trying to fight back. So that's where it touched me at. Uh, but I did think it would be some kind of repercussions, even if they they got acquitted at trial or something. You know, that's that was how I thought it was going to go. Well, I thought the Mexican authorities would would charge or indict them, and then maybe the United States would arrest them and send them to Mexico. But the United States can't do anything unless Mexico does something. So uh, apparently Mexico is not doing anything. And let me just play this clip real quick. Oh, let me see. I got a clip here from uh, from the family. Uh, this is from TMZ. It's been nothing but frustration, day. and it's uh, it's an emotional roller coaster. 
because now we, we back to, to the beginning to how we was feeling five months ago when we first heard of Adele. So it's, it's um, we think it's a, it's a sad situation. Um, and I and I and I solely stand on that those people in that room that was on my on that trip with my sister caused her death. Even though it's some discrepancies between the two um, examiners, the autopsies, their reports, both reports she died a horrific, a horrific death. Here in the state, she had blunt force trauma. We all know that's to the head, and she suffocated. She had trauma in um, on the report from Mexico as well. So we are at disbelief. And I think the world is at disbelief. How can no charges be, be brought when we see and witness some form of uh, violent, a violent attack towards her? Everybody's seen that video. And then they come back and here we is, they, they brought us in a room, it's about 10 or 12 FBI agencies that all had a part in the investigation. And the only thing they can tell is that her death is undetermined. So we don't, we, we baffled actually, and we're upset and we, we exhausted. It shouldn't, no family should have to go through what we go through, what we have been through. And then it being public, that makes it even worse. There you go, man. You can feel the pain. You can feel the hurt that that family is going through. Uh, but it doesn't seem like there's, what, what can be done? <laughs> this happened in Mexico. No, definitely. At this point, Alex, there's not much can be done. I mean, you know, you lose faith in the in in the judicial system. You know, you when especially when it's yours. You know, the people on the other side. You know, they over there happy. You know what I mean? They got away with one. You know, I'm not mad at them at all. They got away with one, and um, and um, but for for the family that's grieving on on this end, on Sean Quilla's end. It's a tragic situation, man, you know? Yeah, well, if it, if it would have happened like in Phoenix or in Vegas or in Miami, I believe there would have been some charges because that would have been under the jurisdiction of the United States, under whatever state it happened in. But because it happened way over on the other side of the border in Mexico, there's really nothing, nothing that the United States authorities can do unless Mexico steps forward. And I don't, I don't, I don't trust the Mexican government at all. One of the most corrupt governments... Um, on this side of the earth. So it seems at this point, um, nothing's going to happen. No doubt. But I do say this, though, Alex, say if one, you know, a couple of those friends was uh, of, of Mexican descent, you know, and she would have been the one on the receiving end of the of the of the the beating and, you know, and end up dying. I do believe that, say, if her parents was originally from Mexico or things of that nature, they would have moved on it. You know, at the end of the day, man, I look at it like, you know, they probably just said, man, we're not going to waste our money, you know, on, on, on a dead nigga. You know what I mean? Just 100. Our relationship, you know, as far as when you're talking about the U.S. and Mexico, that's not a sweet relationship. You know what I mean? They don't they don't like us just like many other countries don't. You know what I mean? So um, they they probably even out of spite said we not going to do shit about it. You know what I mean? So um, it's, 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 but it's probably been things that happened on our end that we don't know about that we didn't do what we supposed to do on our end for them, you know? So it could, it could be a lot of politics involved that we don't know about, but just at the end of the day, I know the family is, is, is devastated that, you know, nothing's going to happen. But, um, uh, but like I say, that don't mean nothing don't got to happen, you know? Yeah. If, if the victim was, a uh a Mexican national, 
someone born and raised in Mexico, I believe Mexico government would have did more. But I can tell you this. If the person was Mexican, but of uh, born in the United States, Mexico treats those people differently. So, well, it's a, no, no doubt. It's the same way the Africans treat us. You know what I mean? If you go over to Africa, Alex, they don't um, just welcome us with open arms. We're Americans. You know what I mean? So, you know, a lot of people don't know that. You know, a lot of people sit here and, you know, press the African-American thing, press the African-American thing. But some of those people never been over to Africa. You know, and if you go over there, you may just see a different something else that you like. Wow, I, I thought this was my people's. You know what I mean? And, and, and they don't treat treat us the same, you know? Yeah, I know that um, uh, Mexicans that are born in L.A., when they when they flee to Mexico to try to run from whatever, the Mexican government will extradite those people right back immediately. But if you're a Mexican national, you're born there, they won't extradite you back to the United States immediately. They make the United States go through all them hoops for a Mexican, right. for a Mexican <laughs> right, citizen. Right, right, right. But if, yeah. if, if, you, if you're a homie from L.A., but you Mexican, you 100% Mexican, they send you right back without no delays. But uh, I don't know if that's a legal thing or if they just feel in a different kind of way about their Mexicans that aren't born there. Yeah, it, it could be both. But, you know, but at the same time, at the end of the day, it's, it's politics, man, you know? Definitely. Uh, all right. So uh, unfortunately, it doesn't look like justice for the for Shanquella Robinson and the Robinson family. Uh, it, it does seem it, it, it seems like that's not a possible outcome. But because it happened in Mexico, it doesn't seem like there's going to be any other outcome. And uh, we may never find out the truth of what happened to that young lady in that hotel room. man. Um, yeah, I wanted to tap in. Let, let's tap in with this. Uh, this school teacher, man. A lot, oh, of people man. Been, a lot of people have been talking about this school teacher. And this actually takes me back to my junior high school days. Or for, for all you youngins, uh, the middle school, as y'all call it now. Um, I think I'll start off by playing the video. And then we'll talk about it. But uh, let me just set it up real quick. This is a, a young lady. A uh, young lady in the classroom had a cell phone. I guess the teacher decided to take the cell phone away. The student was feeling a kind of way and wanted her cell phone back. She got up all up in her space and um, they got to squabbing and they fell on the floor. And uh, let me play a let me play a clip a clip here that came from the local news. This is from W R A L News. And uh, here's the here's the clip. Right now at six, Rocky Mountain police are investigating after a fight between a substitute teacher and a student. It was all caught on video. Thank you for joining us. I'm Deborah Morgan. And I'm Gerald Owens. This fight was caught on a cell phone camera by someone in the classroom. Since then, people have shared it more than 800 times on social media. WRO's Destiny Patterson explains this all started over a cell phone. It started as an argument over a confiscated cell phone, and it quickly escalated. The scuffle ended with substitute teacher Xavier Steele and the unnamed student on the ground. Steele's hands appear to be pressing down near the student's head, and the student screams. Get out! Get a teacher! 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 Get a teac
attention. It's not clear why Steele took the student's phone. In cell phones, there's no, got no place in class. And then you're going to go up there and jump on a teacher or fight a teacher. That is wrong. WREL obtained the district's cell phone policy, which says she was within her authority to take it if the phone was visible or the student was using it. The district's assistant superintendent says the employee has the right to, quote, reasonably restrain the student if they're attacked and can defend themselves to the point that they are free of the threat or attack. Betty Atcherson is also a substitute teacher. If you have not gone into a school recently to see how the kids act, you would just be totally surprised at the disrespect some of them can render. But she says it shouldn't get physical. As the adult, that you have to try to contain yourself. While police are using the word assault, they have not announced any formal charges against either the substitute teacher or the student. The district says that Steele has been working as a substitute teacher since last school year and because the police and the school district are investigating the incident at this time, it's not clear what the punishments would be, if any at all. Destiny Patterson, WREL News, Rocky Mount. We first broke this story on WREL.com and through right. our news. Man, what a story there. Um, that actually takes me back to my middle school, my middle school, junior high school days. Uh, this ain't nothing new to me. I, I've actually seen, witnessed it a couple times in my three mm -hmm. years in middle school. I don't think I've ever witnessed it in high school, but uh, what's your take on all that? Um, before you start, the teacher's name is, uh, ex, ex, uh, they, they said Xavier, right? It was ex, Xaviera, Xaviera, X-A-V-I-E-R-A, Steele, S-T-E-E-L-E. Miss mm -hmm. Steele is a teacher, and we don't know who the, we don't know the name of the minor, the student. Right, involved. minor student, yeah. My take on it, bro, is a couple things. You know, like I said, you know, these students, like the second lady said, these students are very disrespectful, bro, because they their parents let them be. You know, if my mom was to have to come up to the school, because uh, I remember we got SWATs in school. When I went to 118th Street Elementary School right there on 118th and Main, we was getting SWATs back in when we was in uh, kindergarten. I mean, uh, uh, first, second, third grade, we was getting SWATs. I'd rather take that SWAT from the principal, bro, and don't say shit to my parents. Because if I went home and said I got a SWAT, I was finna get my ass whooped again for, for having to get a SWAT. These parents are different. They gonna go up to the school and say, why'd you hit my kid? Kind of luckily that this situation, uh, I can't say that, it is on video. Uh, because if it wasn't on video, you know, it could be determined that two different people could have two different stories, you know, and the friends of the girl could ride with her and say the teacher was wrong. But we clearly see that she took off on, she tried to take off on the teacher. The teacher had a damn good block. So I, I don't know if the teacher been in a few fights, but she blocked that. Yeah. Oh, girl yeah. swung too slow, homie. You know what I mean? The teacher blocked that shit, homie, and, 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 and got on her, used her weight as leverage, you know, and, uh, um, but, um, uh, it's unfortunate that you even try to swing on a teacher. Now, on the flip side of that, I do believe that once the students start to get escalated at that point to that degree, I would have handed them their phone, told them to get the fuck out of my class. You know what I mean? You know, and I'm sure the student would have got their shit and left and she could. That's how it could have been de-escalated, you know. But at the same time, you know, when you're trying to command respect as a substitute teacher, because, you know, Alex, I know you was spitting them, them, them little spitballs. I threw the straw at the substitute teachers and shit back in the day. Substitute teachers had it hard, bro. You know what I mean? And only the ones we respected is the ones who walked through the door putting it down. You know what I mean? But a lot of them was lackadaisical, had 
happy to just come fill in for the day. So we kind of ran over him a little bit, told him the rules. Oh, we don't do that. You know what I mean? So uh, this lady clearly wasn't having it. She took the phone. I'm sure that the girl wanted to fight not over her taking the phone, but probably what could possibly be seen in the phone. And uh, that shit escalated fast. Yeah, man. Uh, I think the first issue here is the lack of respect that substitute teachers have always received, even always, before, yeah, even before our days in school. Probably, man. Um, I'm almost certain that um, substitute teachers were getting disrespected before I was in um, junior high, middle school. But this is the type of cell phones that existed when I was in school, and nobody had one of these. <laughs> None of my colleagues uh, had these. When when I was a student in school, I used to see grown adults with these cell phones mm -hmm. in the late 80s, early 90s. Do you recall anyone ever bringing one of these phones to school when you was when you was going to school? No, because by the time I got one, I was like a, a, a senior coming out of high school. So it was like the summer that I came out of high school that I was I got my first brick phone and uh, we used to go to the home and he hit them. It lasts for two weeks or two months, you know, and when it turned off, you go get it turned back on. Um, but I've had plenty of those back in the day, bro, but not in school. I didn't have I didn't I didn't know nobody else who had one in school either. Yeah. And I think the, the main thing that that teachers used to try to confiscate from the students, um, at least when I was going to junior high and high school, were the Sony Walkmans. That was the oh, thing. Yeah, yeah. That was the thing that we were told, leave it in your backpack, don't take it out. But you know, there was always that student that had the headphones on and was listening to it. Uh, they had the cassette ones mm -hmm, back in the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had you those. Yeah, sure you remember yeah, those? Yeah, I had them. Do you recall any situations in school where teachers were getting upset with all these Sony Walkmans? No, nah, no doubt. But like I say, teachers was different back then, you know, and parents was too. You know, teachers wasn't playing that. I never, I, man, you ask my son, little Frank, right now. He happened to, when he got to elementary school, he happened to have one of the same teachers that me and his mom had when we was in elementary school. And the first thing Frank could tell you this story right to this day, man, he said to teach, he said, you who, son? And who, son? Oh, okay. Called his mom and said, can I whoop him? You know what I mean? She was like, do what you got to do, Miss Holloman. You know? <laughs> Frank was like, damn, you know it. And, uh, and and that's how it was back then. But, uh, you know, Alice, I had a situation. I wish we could have, uh, I, I would have gave her a heads up. My homegirl, Demp, you know, Demp was a, a year older than me, but we was in the same class, man. Our birthday's on the same day. Love her to death is this, uh, to this day. Um, she was one of my ride or die homegirls from the hood. You know, she's doing good, doing her shit, grown woman shit now. But uh, definitely was with all the business back then. But me and her got into a fight in the, when I was in the fifth grade. And uh, and I hit a teacher. You know, the teacher my, hit my favorite teacher, Alex. You know, she ran up in between, you know, because Demp had me by size. You know what I mean? And 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 so we squabbing and shit. And the teacher ran up in the middle, man. And I hit her, Alex. I was like, fuck, you know. And, and uh it was an accident, bro. But at the same time, man, you know, I felt bad, you know, as a student, you know, she knew it was an accident. She didn't press hard or try to press no charges or try to, you know, um, um, press the line like that. But at the same time, man, you know, these teachers should be respected. They they trying to give you an education. They trying to teach you something, trying to teach your dumb ass something, you know, and this situation right here, like I say, was totally out of control. Um how she let the teacher take the phone. I never even saw that part. It seemed like if she was willing to fight for the phone, she would have never let the teacher take it. Like she would have 
put it in her pocket and left the class or something. So um, however the teacher ended up getting possession of it, I don't know. Uh, was it was that a physical situation when she took the phone? But um, at the same time, I'm sure they're doing all the investigation to see if they're going to charge this teacher. I, I doubt if they do, but she may not be able to teach in that county again. Yeah, when, when I was in school, and I'm sure uh, when you was in school too, uh, this was a popular item here, the Sony Walkman. And I remember many a teachers getting pissed, getting pissed at us for <laughs> for pulling it out, for listening to music. We just throw a cassette in one of these things. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm shocked that uh, I just pulled up an image of an old Sony Walkman uh, off of eBay. And this old Sony Walkman is going for Still $199. Going for Damn, that's crazy. $200. Yeah, I definitely... I definitely had one, but uh, at the same time, you know, you was either back in the day, you know, 85, you know, 86, you know, you definitely was, um, I learned my lesson, you know, walking down the street in the hood with the Sony Walkman on, bumping my little music and shit, and some Crips jumped out on me, man, and I didn't even hear them, you know what I mean? And by the time I was, by the time I even noticed them, I damn near, I got fired on, you know what I mean? And so I started being careful with them Sony Walkman, there was a lot of dudes slipping, you know, uh, flossing their Walkmans and couldn't hear shit, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, but I definitely remember in school, man, we trying to keep them up under the table and had that earpiece on, you know, had that, you know, try to listen to it. But those, those are classics right there, man. These kids nowadays wouldn't even understand it playing the tape, then having to take it out and flip it over and, uh, play the other side. You know, they, they couldn't even, they probably couldn't even, uh, 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 deal with that nowadays. You know what I mean? Too much work for them, you know? And you only got, it depends. Each cassette is just one artist, you know? Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. You know what I mean? Unless, you know, you had the boombox at home and you was listening to K-Day and you, were, you got the one and you put the little stuff, the little stuff in the edges where you can record with it, put the tape on it. And uh, they see they don't know nothing about that, man. And you make you a little a video, you make you a little homemade tape, but you got commercials and shit all on it and everything, you know what I mean? But, yeah, the Walkmans was classics, man. And then they came with the MP3s, which... Shit, that was amazing to me because they they hold held five hundred songs or some. So technology is a motherfucker. Now we just go to our phone, man, bring up any song ever made and listen to it right in and there. It's crazy. Yeah, when I was in the ninth grade, I remember this teacher named Mister Sobel S O B E L, and for whatever reason, I just didn't like his style. I never liked him. He seemed to be a mean guy, and and one student got mad at him one day during PE. And I, I could tell the student was about to just take take off on him. Just take mm-hmm. and I was standing there saying to myself, to myself, I was saying, Go ahead, go ahead, <laughs> beat up Mr. Sobel. And I think he actually hit Mr. Sobel once or two times. Mr. Sobel was tall. He was able to fight it off. He never hit the student back. And that's a that's an issue here. Do do teachers should teachers have the responsibility of not necessarily hitting back? In this video we just saw in this clip. Not only did the teacher hit back, uh, she kind of body slammed her and then stood over her. And a lot of people think she might have went over the top. But I feel like once anybody, because uh, a ninth grader could be pretty strong and pretty grown. Once anybody puts hands on you, uh, at that point, everything's off the table. We, we, we're going to squab all the way into the into the dirt. No, no doubt. But at the same time, that's where as a... a you know, professional, you know, and you're talking about a teacher, you know, um, 
and, and, and elsewhere, you know, even at work, Alex, you know, you get into it with coworkers at work, you know, it's a way that you, uh, 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 that you deal with the shit. You don't deal with it like you deal with it, you know, at home or in the streets or with your personal friends, you, you know, you're in a professional setting. So like I say, that shit could have been deescalated just based on, I would have gave her a phone, told you get the fuck out of my class, you know? And, uh, and, uh, and, um, uh, but at the same time, the teacher stood on, you know, no, nah, you ain't getting this back to maybe till class over, you know. So um, and 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 when it, it escalated how it did. But like you say, man, you know, you swing at a teacher and that teacher beat your ass. You know, that's kind of really on you, man. You know, um, you can't just be out here and you can't be taking up for kids that's so disrespectful that they'll swing on the teacher. Um, you got to let that shit ride, man. You know, I have it right back in the classroom the next day teaching the next class. You know, and, and for the next student to try that shit again with me. And that's the problem with, you know, these soft ass, you know, uh, American values that they trying to put in place at schools, you know, to make it to where the kids can be disrespectful and, and nothing can be done. Like they don't want you whooping your kids and, you know, just uh, just talk to them. You don't have to whoop. Man, some of these kids need their ass whooped. That's just the reality of it. Not all of them. You know what I mean? My three youngest kids, man, I've never whooped them ever. No, my four. My four young last kids, man, I've never whooped them ever. Them first three, man, I used to whoop their ass, man. They was bad, you know? So it, it that that's how society is summing them up. Like, you know, you, you shouldn't do nothing. If somebody, a, a student swing on you, you should block it or uh, uh, step back. And, you, man, fuck all that, you know what I mean? And, and, and that's why these kids are so out of control because they don't respect nothing because they don't have to. Yeah, I think I'm going to stand with uh, the teacher, Miss Steele, and everything she did to protect herself. Uh, I, I would not have given the cell phone back. Um, just like any other student who gets their phone taken away, you get it back when they get it back, whether it's the end of the class or the end of the day. Um, she, she stood on that. And the other girl, not only did the other girl swing first, but she went around, I think she was around the desk on her side in her space, woofing. So I think she had every right to do what she did. I hope they don't uh, discipline her or even terminate her. And, man, I know it's so tough being a substitute teacher, man. You, you were talking about spitballs. I remember we used to take actual full paper. We used to ball up paper, wet it, and throw it at the chalkboard behind them when the teacher Damn. wasn't looking. And then they would look. They would turn around and be like, who threw that? And we had the whole class laughing. But we only did that to the substitute teacher. Right, 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 right. <laughs> But let me ask you this, Alex, say if it was a substitute teacher, a smaller lady in stature, you know what I mean? A older lady in stature took the phone and did the same thing. And this young girl would have fired on her and, and broke her jaw. You know, now what actions do you take? You know what I mean? Are you going to charge a student? Or are you just going to expel them? Or are you going to say they're a minor? They can't be you or you shouldn't have took their phone. I mean, you know, this can go a couple different ways if the situation would have went different. You know what I mean? And and um, and um so at the same time, if she would have dogged the teacher out, you know, what would be the, you know, the argument then? You know, what would be the consequences then? You know, just a, just being expelled when you got a teacher over here with a broke jaw or a black eye or something, things of that nature. So basically you would have said, oh, OK, it's all right to sock out a teacher. You're just going to get expelled. You can go to the next school down the road, you know. So so I believe sometime, like you say, this teacher did what she had to do to, you know, uh, and maybe it might teach this young girl a lesson. Don't try that shit no more, you know? Well, I'll tell you what would have happened to her because I remember uh, Craig Munson, the legendary Craig Munson from L.A., mm -hmm. he was telling me a story about one of the first times he ever went to jail. It was Jefferson High School, 
1966. He was in the 11th grade. Damn. And the teacher got pissed at him, and he knocked the teacher out. Damn. He literally knocked the teacher out, <laughs> went home, and the LAPD came and got his ass. And uh, he mm-hmm. went to he, I think he went to juvenile hall um, at that. And um, he went to uh, he might have got sent to Mendenhall, Mendenhall mm-hmm. Juvenile Hall. Do they still got Mendenhall? You ever heard of no, Mendenhall? No, they, yeah, yeah, they closed it down. Yeah, they closed it down. Yeah, so he got sent to juvenile hall for knocking a teacher out, and that's what would have happened uh, to this young lady if she would have did that. Would that have been the right thing? Probably, because a girl like that or a dude who wants to put hands on a teacher for the teacher doing the right thing, in- imposing rules, uh, yeah, you're you going to end up going to jail if you, if you put hands on a teacher. Uh, but in this situation, she threw a punch. The teacher blocked it. No harm, no foul. I don't think this this young lady deserved the, the, the student. I don't think this, the young student deserves to go to jail or juvenile hall, but she should definitely be reprimanded in some kind of way. Yeah, you got a point there. But let me let me throw something else out there. That's 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 people that's watching that. It's another lesson to get out of that, Alex. You know, check this out. Say if it was just the girl and the teacher in there. I don't believe this would have escalated to this point. And this is the same shit that happened at a nightclub. It's the same shit happened at a bar. It's the same shit that happened everywhere. When it's people watching, the young girl felt embarrassed, felt she was getting punked, felt she was, you know what I mean? And had to, and felt like she had to do uh, some extra shit, you know? And this is how so much shit get escalated because you feel that you got peers watching, you know what I mean? You feel like you got to, you know, uh, push a certain line because people are watching. I believe it was just that teacher and that that student in there. It probably would have been some argument, but I don't think she would have took it that far. I believe sometime that the crowd hype people up and then get a person in a situation that they didn't want to be in because they trying to appease the crowd or a reputation that they supposed to have because people are watching. You know, and that's clearly what I really believe. I believe this student had it been a one on one, you know, um, they would have probably argued and probably explained. The student could even say, look, I apologize. I won't bring it no more. I'm so you know what I mean? But when you got people watching, when you got your friends watching, when you got people ooh and on because you heard the crowd as soon as the fight took off. Ooh, you know, ah, you know what I mean? And and sometimes, you know, I hate when people let the crowd dictate how they going to handle a situation. You know what I mean? Also, one of the students who recorded it pulled out their phone when um, when they knew something was about to go down. And I wonder if the student that pulled out their phone and documented it, if that student was going to be uh, reprimanded or violated any rules. Because we should have rules about what goes on in the classroom. People should be pulling out their phones and recording. I know it's evidence now. The police will use that as evidence. We always want right. to see the video. But I really don't need to see the video. I really don't need to see the fight. I already would know what would happen. I already know substitute teacher, disrespectful student, and it was a fight. It's probably the student's fault. I don't need to see the video. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, uh, uh, men lie, women lie. That video don't, man. So, you know, sometimes it's, 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 it, it, it helps people sometimes, you know. But I feel what you're saying, you know. Yeah, that was wild. Right, what so state I'm, was that in? Uh, I believe Rocky Mount. Um, oh, man, I, I forgot where Rocky Mount Yeah, it was Rocky Mount something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, I'm standing with the I'm standing with the, the teacher, Miss Steele. Uh, she shouldn't get charged. Uh, uh, Rocky Mount is in North Carolina. Do you, uh, okay. you agree with that? She, she, she should not get charged? Or do you think? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. All right, man. Um, 
let's move on to this story that you you put me on to this story. Uh, the 84-year-old man that decided to shoot this young kid, 16-year-old kid, Ralph Yarl. Um, I got a clip here of the district attorney from Kansas City deciding to file charges on this uh, old man, this 84-year-old man. And mm-hmm. then uh, we'll talk about it real quick. Because uh, a lot of people, man, this this is a story that's been going viral. And it's got a lot of racial undertones to it. So uh, here we go. After a thorough review of the case file, the appropriate laws, and information gained during the investigation phase of the case, I filed two felony counts. Tonight, the Clay County prosecutor announces charges against an 85-year-old man accused of shooting a teenager in a case of a mistaken address. The teenager, Ralph Yarl, is now out of the hospital at home recovering tonight. I'm Lauren Halifax. And I'm John Hold. Andrew Lester tonight charged with felony assault in the first degree and armed criminal action. Fox Force Russell Colburn was there for the Clay County prosecutor's announcement within the last hour. What else did we learn, Russ, from prosecutor Zachary Thompson? Well, we did just get our hands on this new charging document that really has a lot more information about the case, and it all came after that news conference with Thompson right here at the Clay County Courthouse that wrapped up about 40 minutes ago live here on Fox 4. Take a look at a new mugshot here of Andrew Lester. Prosecuting attorney Zachary Thompson says the 85-year-old white man shot 16-year-old black teen Ralph Yarl Thursday night. He's now wanted for assault in the first degree, a Class A felony that could be punishable by up to life in prison. He also faces charges of felony armed criminal action, which is punishable by three to 15 years. He'll have a $200,000 bond. Today, Thompson made it clear Lester shot through a glass door at Jarl, who never entered the home. Jarl told police he was shot in the head and then on the ground in the arm. And he says Lester told him, quote, don't come around here. Jarl was trying to pick up his brothers, but went to the wrong house. Lester, meantime, told officers he was trying to go to sleep when he heard the doorbell and immediately went for his 32 caliber Smith & Wesson, saying he feared for his life, seeing Jarl on his doorstep. Prosecutors say he knowingly caused the serious physical harm to Jarl and announced those charges. Thompson standing by the KCPD investigation, saying nothing was out of the ordinary here, saying no one is above the law. In Clay County, we enforce the laws and we follow the laws, and that does not matter where you come from or what you look like, or how much money you have. Everyone is held to the same standard. Now the question is where Lester may be. There is a warrant out for his arrest. KCPD told me yesterday they don't think he is a flight risk, but he was released within 24 hours per Missouri law that night because at the time there were no charges. Guys? Since this story just dropped, uh, the old man, Mr. Lester has turned himself in, he's pled not guilty, and he's made bail. So um, Mr. Lester is now going to be fighting the case at the age, they said 85 years old in this video, I believe he's 84. Yeah, but, uh, well, that's what I read, 84, yeah. So man, he's he's fighting the case for uh, shooting this 16-year-old kid that came to his front door, man, and uh, th- there's two ways to look at this, FG. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this might have racial undertones, and he just saw a black kid at his front door and it turns out the black kid may have been there um by a mistake because he went to the wrong house uh, or 
the, the other way I was reading that this black kid uh, actually tried to open the door. It was locked. The old man heard him and then just started busting at him. Um, how do you look at this situation? Man, I look at it for what it was, bro. I mean, you know, um, the kid said that he didn't try to open the door. You know, that's his word. That's what he said. Um, I did the statement that the uh, prosecutor or the DA right there uh, spoke on said that dude say he when he heard his doorbell ring, he reached for his 32. Uh, when he saw a black kid at his door, he feared for his life and started busting. Did you fear for your life because you saw a black kid? You know, um, he's 84 years old um, in Missouri. It's almost fair for me to say that he grew up with some kind of a racial um, situations back then. You 84 years old, bros. It was pretty racist back in Missouri, you know, uh, uh, 60 years ago. You know, probably still is, you know, definitely. I know my my, my my whole father's side of the family is from Kansas City, Missouri. My auntie tell me all the story. My auntie is 86. So she tell me stories about when they couldn't even go in certain restaurants and go in certain uh, places to, um, um, you know, uh, 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 buy stuff. You know, I go in and tell me the whole rundown, you know. Um, so it's, it's very safe for me to say that, you know, he grew up racist, you know. Even by default, just because maybe that's how it was in Missouri 60 years ago, you know, and that will still put him at 24. So when you're talking about 70 years ago, you know, um, at 14, come on, man, you know what it is, you know. So therefore, you know, he saw a black kid on his porch. He probably really never do have visitors, though, you know, without them letting him know they come and the things of that nature. But he was still on the porch. You know, I don't know Missouri law like California law, because California law, you have to be inside the house and attacking somebody before you're, you can legally shoot them, you know, and, and get away with it. Um, you shot through the door. You, you shot through a locked door, you know, and um, and uh, it sounds like like when the kid ran, you ran outside and shot him again in the arm. Not to mention, you said, don't come around here. That's the part I, I did catch. Don't come around here. Hold on. What if I live down the street? Or my brothers is in one of these houses, so I'm from around here. So what do you mean? Don't come around here, you know. So um, they hit him with the two hundred thousand dollar bail, you know. Um, he uh, bailed out, you know, and he got a case on his hand. But uh, I believe he definitely, definitely was was in the wrong. Now the the whole community, I saw some footage of the community going to his house. There had to be at least like 7,500 people on the block. Um, did you catch that, uh, that? These protests now going on on his street? No, nah, no. Nah, they pulled up on him, you know, and, and they're going to, you know, they're going to investigate it. They're going to get to the bottom of it, you know. Um, um, but uh, this was a kid as well. You know, maybe he can't see that good. Maybe he don't even know what he shot. Maybe, he, you know, but you was in fear for your life or somebody that's just at your front door. That's 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 kind of wild, you know. Yeah, this reminds me of that uh that other case where the young man uh, got chased down in the white community. Uh, he was jogging through. Damn, I can't remember his name. It's slipping my. Yeah, tongue. I remember that case. Yeah, yeah. And, and they arrested all three white guys, but their defense was kind of similar to what Andrew Lester was saying. Their defense was like this guy was um stealing stuff out of people's houses, and they got into a tussle with him. And this, unfortunately, he didn't survive. Whereas Ralph Yarl. He's actually still in the hospital recovering, and it looks like he's going to live. So that's a good – at least the, the bright side of this story is that Andrew Lester did not kill Mr. Uh, Yarl, 16 years old. Looks like he's going to survive, but uh, it looks like he might end up going to prison in, in, his, in his 80s, which is crazy. 
I mean, but at the end of the day, Alice, when is this shit gonna stop? You know what I mean? You know, um, it, 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 like they say, like you know, I don't, I ain't just saying I believe, dude. But it shouldn't matter how old you is, man. You still hell, you was, you was capable and competent enough to grab that pistol and and and, and use it. Then you need to be uh, uh, capable and competent to stand trial on. You know, so you know we getting tired of seeing these same situations, these same actions. You know, of 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 white folks shooting black kids, man, and 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 they sweeping it under the rug. You know, this shit got to stop. The young brother I was uh, trying to remember was Ahmad Arbery. Exactly, exactly. And all three of those white guys were, were found guilty, and they were given significant sentences. Uh, they weren't as old as Mr. Lester. Uh, I think the fa- it was a father and a son. Uh, the right. father, father had to be uh, in his early 60s. Uh, he's pro- he got washed up. So um, it looks like that this man, Mr. Lester, uh, according to what we see so far, is going to have to answer these two felony case, these two felony charges. And uh, one of these felony charges is actually a life sentence in the state of Missouri. So uh, we'll see if he's going to put up a significant defense or maybe they'll you think the state of Missouri might just give this guy a deal. Uh, it's kind of hard prosecuting an 84 year old man. Doesn't happen every day. Uh- it, it, it don't, but it all depends on how they want to label their city, how they want to label their town, you know, how they want to divide their town. Because you see the protesters are out there. So if the protesters are out there at this point, you know, you acquit this dude or you give him a slap on the wrist. The protesters going to be back out there. Your city going to be back on the news. You're going to be known for being, you know, um, soft on crime and or racist. You know what I mean? So the town may not even want that saying, man, this dude ain't even this dude is dispendable. You know what I mean? He didn't live his life. He, he been out here 84 years. You know, you made a conscious decision to shoot a kid. Um, you know, look at him. He trying to play the hunched over role. He probably should stand straight up when he at the house. You know what I mean? You know, you, you wasn't hunched over when you popped that 32 probably, you know, so, um, we definitely going to see, but I best believe that, you know, it's people in the town that's riding with him, you know, so this could divide a little town, you know, um, so we you know, let's keep an eye on this one. I already know how this is going to play. Uh, they're going to say that Ralph Yari uh, was possibly trying to go into the house to burglarize it, and that they had a series of burglaries in that street on that street in the last year. Same thing that they did to Ahmad Arbery, and that this guy had a legitimate fear, and that's why he shot him. Uh, I, I just hope Ralph Yari really went to the wrong house. If he really went to the wrong house. Andrew Lester is going to be done, you know, yeah. but that's, but they, that, that's the way this defense is going to go. And when they did the um, Ahmaud Arbery defense, I was actually almost convinced because they had footage of people going into abandoned houses. They even had footage of Ahmaud Arbery on that block before. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the jury did not find that the shooting of him in front of that truck was justifiable. And that's why all of them got washed up. And I'm almost certain that they're going to try to um, do some sort of defense like that for Mr. Lester, especially being an 84-year-old man. Well, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, he bailed out right away, so he may got some bread stacked away. He may come away with a, a good defense that, that, like you say, argue that same exact situation. That's where it becomes a pissing contest between the prosecutor and the and the, and the attorneys. You know, you know how politics work, depending on who know who. You know, sometimes it, it, it matters. You know what I mean? If you come up in there with a uh, 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 
a black uh, uh, district attorney, she may want to fight harder than the next guy. Not saying that, you know, white guy won't do get the job done. I'm just saying sometime in these situations, it depends on who's who and 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 how it goes, you know. So uh, let's see how f- f- hard this district attorney um, fight to, to get this dude prosecuted opposed to giving him a deal. Yeah, I don't really know much about Kansas City. You say you got some family tied in, um, to, to that town. All I know no about doubt. all I know about Kansas City is the, the the Royals, the baseball team, the Royals. Uh, George Brett. I used to watch them guys in the seventies, in the eighties. When I was in the seventies, I used to watch all these baseball games as a kid. And the only time Kansas City came on my radar was when the Kansas City Royals were playing. Yeah, no doubt. But you know, uh, my my daughter went, uh, had a few volleyball tournaments down there, man. When they got down there, I Gwen rode out the red carpet for him, man. Took him to Gates Barbecue, you know. And she gonna tell you, you go down there, I Gwen gonna take you to get some barbecue, man. You know, some of the best barbecue we didn't had. Um, but she also gonna tell you the history of it. She been there all her life, you know. Um, she eighty six, you know. It's my dad's sister, and. Um, she going to lay it out for you what was what. And as my auntie, you know, um, they don't forget those days. You know, they they gonna, they don't have no problem telling you about how, you know, the racial tones of when they was growing up as kids, you know, 10 year olds, 15 year olds, how it was in Missouri back then. You know, so then this dude was 84, you know. So, um, like I say, we going to see what the prosecutors and, and um how they respond to this, you know, if they're going to do the right thing or if they're going to sweep it under the rug for they for they folks. But um, I definitely, you know, want to see it. Like you say, I'm just glad the kid uh, made it. And um, and I just hope that, like you say, he really went to the wrong house, you know. So let's uh, see how that pan out. Well, the DA there in uh, Clay County, he looked like he was about business. It looked like he's really about to prosecute this thing. I don't know if he's just an actor. I don't know if this the theatric, but just based on that news clip that we just heard, uh, he seemed like he was basically messages. Nobody's above the law, no matter your age either. No doubt. But he could also have some political dreams and, you know, aspects of it. You know, he may be moving up in that town. You know, he may be trying to get to be a judge one day. You never know. So he, like you say, depending on when I go back to the politics of all this shit, you know, depending on what his angle is, you know, as well, you know, and um if he want to look soft on crime or is he really there to say, no, something got to change in this just this county, you know, um, they may not stretch the guy out. But I mean, you know, they may come up with a, 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 a prosecution to get him get him some time behind bars. But even some time behind bars for him look like he wouldn't last too long in that situation anyway, though. You know, any time down there for him might be a life sentence. If you yeah. give him two years, he might not make that. You feel me? Yeah, and um, the last thing I wanted to mention is that one of those uh, injuries that the 16-year-old boy, Ralph Yari, sustained was to the head. So yeah, I was no doubt. Benjamin Crump gave a press conference, and he said only through a miracle that this guy is actually still alive. It's not like this dude got shot in the toe, you know, got shot in the elbow. This guy took took something to the head, and uh, it's just amazing that this guy is, uh, this young kid is still living, man. Right, that's cool, though. Uh, all right, man, let's uh, tap in with our final uh, topic. This is a topic that you brought to my attention the other day. <laughs> I think you even said that um, I might not believe it because the dude um, uh-huh. was talking about B2B, the B2B uh, Savage shooting. So uh, I tapped in with the link you sent me, and, mm-hmm. and it seems the dude seems a little thorough. He seems a little thorough. Like, 
I'm just feeling them. <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? Right, no doubt. Like I say, we get a whole lot of, you know, DMs and messages from, um, you know, from listeners, man. You know, and this guy, his name was uh, Sean Williams. He, you know, he sent this. He said, man, FG, have you and Alex seen this? And I was like, no. Nah. And when I listened to it, I was like, you know, it started making me, you know, I'm not like a conspiracy type of conspiracy theory type of dude. But at the same time, this dude had a few points. You know what I mean? So what you think about it? Well, I want to play a clip. It's, it's actually an eight-minute clip of this guy responding to the BT, BTB Savage shooting. And this guy actually says that what, what we think happened is not what happened. He's saying that the Omar Richardson, who was the victim in San Antonio, was not there to rob BTB, that it was the other way around. It was BTB robbing Omar Richardson. And that's what this whole thing was about. And the guy also says he's tapped in with Omar Richardson's sister. And this is how he got all the information. And I'm just going to play, let's play just a minute or so of the clip. And then we'll talk Mm -hmm. briefly about it. Okay. Because I think he was actually making some good points. And I think that um, some of his points are legitimate. And um, because uh, BTB got killed, See, the thing about it is even though BTB was uh, cleared because of self-defense, it doesn't mean that San Antonio can't file charges on, at, on him at another date. Just that, right, All that right. means is at that time. At that, this point, yeah, we, we can't prosecute this in this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the, the dude in the video was kind of alluding to that. So um, uh, let, let me uh, play just a, a little bit of it because um, – and, and I'll put a link to the – to the entire eight-minute clip below, but I'm just going to play just a little bit right here. Uh, Here's the brother talking about it right now. So Omari Richardson's sister hit hit me up. She reached out to me, and uh, she basically claiming BTB Savage lied on the Vlad TV interview, and she's claiming that BTB Savage is the one that robbed and killed her brother, not her brother tried to rob him. So y'all take this with a grain of salt. Either you believe it or you don't. Um, for her safety, I will not be disclosing how she looked. I will not be disclosing her name. No videos, no nothing. But this is the story she told me. She said her brother was known for selling weed. And BTB Savage, this wasn't a stranger to her brother. Her brother has been at BTB Savage's house plenty of times and has sold BTB Savage weed plenty of times. BTB Savage, also his apartment, you need basically a gate pass to get in, which her brother had a gate pass, is even how he had to get in. So she said about the story about him not knowing her brother is false. She also said, who would let a complete stranger in their house at that time of night without knowing them? But she said her, the nephew, which is Omari Richardson's son, and Omari Richardson, they basically went upstairs. Omari went in the house after getting a phone call from BTB Savage saying he needed some bud, and he didn't let the sister or the son in. They had to wait outside. After Omari walked in, he locked the door. So that was the first lie he told, according to her. She said they waited outside, and they could hear scuffling. They heard scuffling, then they heard gunshots. Then they heard more scuffling, then they heard gunshots. She said, Omari told them they trying to rob me. 
They trying to rob me. Shoot through the door. So she said that's when the son, which is a teenager, and they all know this, so I'm not saying nothing. I got the okay to say this. Tried to shoot through the door to shoot the lock off, but he couldn't. All right, so uh, I'm going to stop it right there. That's two minutes into the video. But um, it's really interesting because he, he basically saying the sister was present. So the sister, the sister that this man in this video is, is quoting is a sister that was there. Okay. Right, right. She was there, but but according to to what he's saying, the sister and the other young man had to wait outside while they did their weed transaction, and then that's when whatever happened between BTB, B two BTB and Omar Richardson, whatever happened between them happened in that room while everybody else was outside. But who else, the other person in the room was the girlfriend of BTB, so mm -hmm. girlfriend of BTB, BTB. And Omar Richardson are in this room doing a weed transaction. And I'm convinced that these two dudes knew each other before this. Right, this right. Situation. I am convinced of that. Yeah. So um, now. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing about it is when they go on and watch more of this video, he goes on to say that the um, uh, the guy also had a substantial amount of money in his pocket. And but when they recovered the body, he didn't have any money in his pocket, you know, Um so this guy goes on to say a lot of things that makes you really be like, damn, you get a chance. Y'all go in there. Y'all check out that clip, you know, uh, make a determination for yourself. Hit us on uh, Streets and Scholars in the DM, streets.and.scholars, or, you know, hit up me or Alex Alonzo. See, tell us what you think. But at the same time, man, this dude has some very legitimate points that he was making, you know, from a person he saying was there, you know, um, I know they may not want to come on record based on if they did shoot through the door, that's a whole nother situation, you know what I mean? Or try to break, shoot the lock off and things of like that. So I know why sometimes people don't say certain shit, you know, but at the same time, man, this dude had a lot of seem like intel on this situation that, that did make sense. I'm not just saying he a hundred percent telling the truth. I'm saying a lot of the shit he was saying did make sense. And um, they may have fooled the San Antonio Police Department into thinking that it was uh, Omar Rob Omar Richardson there to rob him, as opposed to him trying to rob Omar Richardson. I just wonder if San Antonio Police spoke to the sister. The San, the well, San Antonio Police get the whole story from the other two people that were outside, and th maybe they, they may did and didn't believe them. Right? No, maybe they didn't at first. You know, maybe it came afterwards after they released this dude, said, look, we don't got enough. Maybe things start coming up in the air and they went back and started looking around. Maybe they still looking around. You know what I mean? So um, at the end of the day, man, if this dude is saying is, 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 is have any truth to it. I mean, he's basically saying the sister told him he said he had permission to say it, you know, um, um, shit. They may come back and reopen this thing. You never know. Yeah, well, if they reopen it, there's no there's no one to charge now because um, BTB is dead because an, another guy in Houston caught yeah, up with him. Yeah, you got a point there. Yeah, yeah, you got a point there. Caught up with him in Houston. Um, yeah. And, and now it kind of gives you, um, you got to think about the, the motive now. We thought the motive for this dude that Montreal that got arrested for killing BTB was because maybe he was bragging and boasting and going on the internet, which is probably still part of it. But maybe it's because he knows that this dude was there to rob his homeboy. And this dude took money that maybe both of them was tied into. Um, 
The guy in the video right. says it's thirty thousand dollars. So if you listen to the whole clip, he's claiming that Omar Richardson had thirty thousand, and uh, maybe that's the reason why Montrell is like this dude. Um, BTB is is a, is really a liar, and uh, and that's why he probably caught up with him in Houston. Could be, you know, but at the same time, you know, I do have to say, you know, from the B two B side, you know, why would you rob somebody at your own spot? You know what I mean? And um, and uh, unless you plan on getting out of that spot sometime soon, because you damn sure couldn't rob nobody there and still stay there. Um, you don't get me wrong; there's discrepancies on both sides, but I'm just wondering what the what the real is. You know, um, this guy who's speaking right here on this clip, man, he seemed to have a, a lot of knowledge. You know, based on he said, man, the sister was there and she told me this personally. Um, he went online to say this. You know, um, but uh, but it's a lot of questions on both sides. But I, like you say, it probably never get uh, addressed just based on um, uh, B2B is uh, you know no longer here, so they may just let it go. Well, you know, the young guy in the video continues to say that BTB was not from San Antonio. So really, this this wasn't his spot. This wasn't his town. This wasn't his location. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. You know, so BTB, B, BTB um, could have been on some bullshit, man. And, <laughs> um, and, 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 and it didn't go the way he wanted to go. Well, it did go the way he wanted to go. But at the end, it didn't, you know. So like you say, and, and one thing I do know. You know, uh, one thing I one thing for show, two things for certain, you know, um, we hear shit on the Internet all the time about how something happened until you run into somebody who was there, you know, and they tell you that ain't how it happened. What happened was, you know, and and we don't come back and repeat it. But at the same time, Alex, we have been in situations where the story went one way and then you 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 come back and, and hear from the horse from somebody who was actually there and that's not how it went you know and 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 you get the real story so i'm wondering what the real story is on this one btb might have got away with one you know i've seen it happen you know and uh but it caught up with him on the back end yeah and the, the sister of omar richardson is probably the the most reliable person to, to hear from uh, but unfortunately according to this guy in the video uh, he said that for her protection, he ain't going to give her name or say who she is. Uh, but maybe in the future, she'll decide to come forward and say, this is what really happened to my brother um, and, and speak on it. And I'm going to try to tap in with the guy in the video since he feels so comfortable talking about it mm-hmm. and, ma- and maybe get him on the show next week. Yeah, to, then we uh, can get him on here. Yeah. yeah. And if he's listening, man, just tap in with us, man. So uh, uh, before we wrap it up, FG, uh, where can the people find you at, man? Man, they 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 finding me, man, over there on Instagram, man. F General One on Instagram, you know. Um, I still got videos over there on FG Unleashed. You know, nothing new, but believe me, when something comes, it's gonna come, and um, that's where I'm at, bro. I'm at Alex Alonso One Zero One. Hit me up on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, and real quickly, I was at the Tory Lanes uh, hearing last uh, um, this week, actually, and it's been postponed again until may may 8th may 8th may 8th. Oh, okay may, may 8th is going to be the day that uh they argue the motions for a retrial that's what the defense is trying to do is get in a, re- a retrial for tory lanes and we'll and, find and um and uh what you call it is still in reception uh eric holder he's still um, in reception yeah eric holder still in reception and uh that's i want to see where he land yeah i'm gonna see where he land at yeah, we'll find out where he lands at probably in maybe in a, less than a month. Who knows? Okay. Maybe. Um, we'll find out if he's going to a general population yard or if he's going to PC up 
um, everybody's everybody on the streets wants to find wants to know where he's going to be at. I'm, yeah, I'm, now that might that might be a bet out there. That might be a wager out there on the line. It might be a line for that man. <laughs> I, I hope he um, goes general population and just uh, you know handles his candle, and um, I think eventually he'll win people over. Man, what do you think? I mean, like I said, definitely can go that way. But at the same time, man, when you talk about that state prison, man, all it takes is one dude that don't don't agree with it, you know. And, um, you know, so at the, at the same time, like I say, I, I do believe he's going to, you know, have some, comp- uh, 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 some consequences and repercussions. But I'm not saying he's no buster that he can't, you know, handle his candle, as you say. And, um, you know, so we're going to see which, which, which route he go. You know, and this gangster shit. You know what I mean? Some gangster shit was done. You supposed to keep it gangster all the way through, and 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 I'm looking to see, you know, what 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 side of the road he take, you know, in his journey is. All right, man. So uh, tap in with FG Unleashed. Hopefully, he'll be putting some new content up soon. Uh, maybe he'll put some commentaries because I know he got a lot of stories, but he's been holding no out. He's been holding back on a lot of them stories. <laughs> Eventually, hopefully, uh, he'll, he'll drop some. And then uh, tap in with Street TV. I've been dropping some content, and um, I got a whole bunch of videos I'm going to be dropping this week. And thanks for listening to another fire episode of Streets and Scholars. <laughs>